Society tames the wolf into a dog, and man is the most domesticated animal of all. Frederick Nietzsche. When we last heard from our adventurers, servants of the Emerald Claw had landed upon the airship, dispatching the ill-prepared guards, incapacitating the captain, and removing the first mate from the equation. But our cultist friends were also ill-prepared for adventurers to thwart their plans. After surviving and overcoming this assault, Lady Diana took the wheel, not knowing how she would control the ship. Tonight hopes to be a riveting addition to the story so far, with twists and turns that no one expected, not even me. You may notice that Thero sounds a little different for the first half of the episode. That was because Bingy could not be with us for that short session, so I piloted Thero. This time I did not do a bang-up job. I would also like to apologize for my mispronunciation for the first two episodes. The halfling-centric, dragon-marked House of Hospitality is House Galanda, not Galandra. I have no idea where I got the R from. And so, as we join our adventurers plummeting to their doom, the story continues. <laughs> Starting at the top of initiative, reminding everybody that the ship is starting to take a nosedive into the citadel it is coming up very quickly and tipping from side to side so everyone is at disadvantage but looks like everyone that you're needing to attack is dead so that's good trey you are towards the front of the ship you just took out the warforged and as you look to the front of the ship you see a building coming at the ship very very quickly as far as we know everybody's dead that needs to be dead everyone's dead that needs to be dead and everyone is trying to rush to help the captain or diana yeah okay perfect uh i'll run and check on the captain and try to start pulling the metal man off of him you can move up to there on your turn uh where's the captain uh over here Ooh, it's a long way to go yeah i mean i gotta go chris what are you doing i was dashing up the stairs at that point uh moving into doing the same thing obviously that uh, tracules was about to do okay oh i dropped character sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) come back my bad there he is you're one of the closest to him right now creve i'm seeing again everything going on by the wheel and by the captain so i'm trying to head up top as well so i'm gonna double move i gotta get to the top of the stairs so i think you can actually get to the captain i was gonna head actually toward the wheel i was just kind of heading into the area so i'm just gonna kind of be next to the captain next to the captain still trying to figure out what (laughs) we can do up here i don't have anything that can heal him a random question, can I hand my healing potion to Reese since he's next to me, or would he have to ask for it from me? You can hand it to him as a move action. Okay. Because you'd have to draw it, and then he can grab it from you. Gotcha. Draw it. That was weird. So, Lady Diana. Yes, that's that's what I'm going to do. Before you do that, Yeah. I need you to make a strength check. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I rolled... A seven. It's really slippery. I'm really, I'm sweaty, you know. You're gripping the handles. You are pulling as hard as your little arms. It feels like one of the heaviest things you have ever held in your entire life. As the wind is rushing past you, blowing your hair back, you feel like it's picking up speed. And then suddenly you feel a burning in your right shoulder. It almost feels like the muscles are starting to tear and pull against your socket. But then you realize it starts to move down your arm. And suddenly the wheel tilts back 
and starts moving at your touch without any effort at all. Oh my gosh, I'm doing it! (laughs) (laughs) That's great, don't get cocky, kid. (laughs) The initial pull is going to be pretty hefty. Everyone everyone roll dexterity checks. Oh god, sorry. 18. 17. 5. At first, Trey, you think, these are just like normal boats. I've been on plenty of those. I've worked plenty of those. And then as it suddenly jumps upwards to to level itself out, you just get thrown to the floor and roll forward about 30 feet. <laughs> so Diana's good because she's on the wheel. What was yours, Reese? Six. So Creve and Cody are able to hold themselves steady. We're going to put Reese about 30 feet back, which gets you closer to the captain, which is good. <laughs> Here, take this while you're falling. Reese, <laughs> <Please>, come back. <laughs> Chris has one too, so don't worry too much about that. Reese, before you did the tumble, you did see her straining and pulling, and then you saw from just over her right shoulder this glow appear on her shoulder as suddenly the wheel started moving in her hand. Fancy. So now we have two dragon marks. (laughs) Good, we have someone else who can steer the ship now. That's the important part. Yay! Reese, you tumble for a bit after the ship starts to level back out, and you find yourself there right next to the metal man on top of the captain. Get to my feet. I don't know if I can lift this huge metal thing off this guy, not to mention the fact he's pinned there. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll move, and then I will hold action until Chris gets over here, uh, and when he gets over here, I will trigger that action when helping kind of get this guy off of here. Thero, looking at the situation, thinking about things, thinking about things. <laughs> Uh, um, it's my first time ever being on a boat, and uh... <laughs> he runs in the opposite direction. What? Oh! Glances, glances, turns, then takes off towards the God, front of the ship. God damn it! There, keep eye on him. Not elves. And no offense, elves. And that's going to be the end of initiative. Now that the ship is steady. Diana is able to turn it just enough to the left that you don't even hit the Citadel with any of the, the sails or guys or anything. I lost sleep over that, just so you know. She did. Yes. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Amazing. That's why I felt so bad that it left as a cliffhanger on the on the last, because I wanted it to, to happen, and then I was going to go yeah. take a break, come back, and then we take care of this part. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, it's already 11. Ugh. Well, see y'all next week. <laughs> so I do feel a little bad about that. But only a little. Diana is able to move it to the left enough to get away from the from crashing into the tower. Although everyone gets a few very strange looks from people who were in that part of the tower, seeing how close y'all have gotten. <laughs> who wants to do the heft of the lifting? Me. I will. Oh, you're gonna get there first. Go ahead. Never mind. I'm not even close. I think Chris has the highest strength of the of you three, right? Yeah. Chris, roll a strength check. You are at advantage because you've got two people helping you with it. All right, that's a 19. Oh, yeah. Without much effort, all three of you putting hands on the Warforged, mm-hmm. you turn the body over, you hear the, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, as he is still pinned to this creature. Handlock releases, and the arms fall to the side. Oh, someone help me up, please. Oh, God. Oh, damn it. Yeah, come on, big guy. We got you. And you separate the javelin from the Warforged. He sits up. Oh, can it, anyone anyone help me with the he points the javelin at Reese. 
I'm uh, only a 16 on medicine myself. Free of helping with the pressure and you putting pressure on, you get the javelin out without causing more damage. <laughs> Still gruesome, though. <laughs> oh. <sighs> oh, yeah, this is going to be great. To, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm helping him up, grabbing a little blood and saving it for later. Creve, what is your sleight of hand? <laughs> it's a zero. <laughs> Go ahead and roll sleight of hand for me. Oh. Eight. <laughs> A few people notice that Creve puts a rag that helps stem the blood, then immediately pockets the rag and gets another one. Stuff in the bag. I'd say I've seen worse on the battlefield, but this is pretty fucking bad. God. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> Damn I just sigh heavily as I'm steering the boat, looking straight ahead, not at them. Where the wind was rushing by you earlier, it's moving with you now. It's not just passing by. Like You are one with the wind as the ship moves at your touch. That's so cool. <laughs> Captain sits up, looks to the dragonborn with the raised eye, then looks over to Reese. You, you able to patch this up again? I'm out of spells right now, but I can do what I can. Do you have any doctors on this ship at all? From below the deck over there, near the wheel well, Jorik pulls himself up. Uh, yes, we have some We have some doctors. I'll, I'll go get one. Uh, one moment. We need one now. Hurry, come on. Within moments, you hear pitter-patter of feet go one way, and then very soon, a pitter-patter of feet coming up from the other stairs as a halfling rushes over and pull out a first aid kit and begin patching up his gaping hole in his chest. Well, thank Oldra. So, I have to say, if it wasn't for you lot, uh, I definitely would not have made it. I, I know they were Emerald Claw, but what the hell was that? That was bold. An outright attack out in the open like that? Such as this? That's bold. I I've never seen such drop tactics used either. I'm Usually they drop, you know, bombs or ordnance, not people. It seems some messed up things in war, but never an attack like that. Do they happen to know what they might have wanted with your first mate? And I know they were trying to abscond with you, but they took the first mate, grabbed her, and jumped off the side. The only thing I can think of is if I was killed and she was gone, there would be no one here to pilot the ship. Therefore, or so they thought. Well, it looks like someone got her, for lack of a better term, sea legs. <sighs> I can only imagine they were trying to crash the ship. I don't know if they were upset at us or the... <laughs> Silver Flame, but that was a little too much of a coincidence. It was a promotional disaster here. Mm. It would definitely put a damper on our maiden voyage. How did they even know when to attack us then? This is... You, my friend, had a spy on board. Well, they already cleared that up. They were looking for an elf. Uh, they didn't find anyone who matched the description uh, on their search. Well, I would imagine uh, the maiden voyage of such a majestic ship would have been well known to the public. It probably would have been too difficult to piece some things together. Fair, fair. Well, if that's the case, then I guess we're home clear. Uh, give me uh, give me a moment to catch my breath, Diana, and I'll I'll take back over the ship. No problem. Just cruising altitude right here. Pretty awesome, by the way. Your job, really, except for the weird stuff before. Really cool job, though, being a captain. Really cool. Uh, there is the price of admission. True that. True that. All right. So everybody got patched up there. Everybody seems to be. Diana's having a great time. She is she's dancing. Thero has fully disappeared from sight, however. Oh my gosh. Sketchy, sketchy. What's up with this guy? And I don't know, but I don't like it. Captain gets back to his feet. He's still nursing his wounds, so he takes the position that the first mate was in as everyone's looking over the distance, watching the citadel disappear in the behind y'all. And I need everyone to make another dexterity check. 
You especially, Diana. Don't fuck this one up. Um, 11? 5. 15. 16. Natural 1. Oh. Mm. As everyone has, has calmed down, it seems like the, the worst of it is over. A loud explosion comes from the back of the ship. Uh-oh. It wasn't me. <laughs> The ship starts to shudder and kick. Another explosion rocks the whole boat as Creve and Reese are thrown to the ground. Reese, you stumble back over on top of that warforged. <laughs> For a second, you're right next to its face and doesn't bring back too many memories, but it's not pleasant to look at. <laughs> and the ship appears to be picking up speed. This is not how I wanted to start the day. The captain turns, looks up, and you see that the two red rings have started glowing much brighter. Fuck, they took out the coolant system. That's not good. Oh, that is not good at all. That's, that's, this is bad. Okay, Diana, you stay here. Everyone else, go below. Tell everyone to start bracing for impact. I'm going to have to put her down somewhere. Oh, God. I take the position of first mate just in case he needs me to help him. He takes over there at the wheel. You're watching as he's keeping it as steady as he can. You're watching as a forest is passing very quickly below y'all. Starts starts lowering down. The trees are skimming by, knocking off sails, knocking off things. Who wants to be the first to head down, uh, head down below? I would like to say that personally, I feel like that explosion and me falling down like that, that's probably triggered some kind of wartime memory. So I'm, I'm really like disoriented right now. I'm kind of getting that PTSD flashbacks of battles, explosions. I'm kind of like in shock right now almost. Your first to react. Your reaction is to panic. <laughs> Poor guy. Trey. Yes. You've just gone below deck. There are some nobles who are looking a little panicked. They're looking around confused. How do you handle the situation? I would like to grab my ocarina and just blow it as loudly as possible to get everyone's attention at once, kind of like a whistle. You hit one low note that everybody, they don't hold their ears, but they turn and look right at you. Nice. I tell everybody to get their ass upstairs, and or no, rather uh, stay downstairs and grab mm-hmm. on to whatever you can that's bolted down, because we're about to hit the fucking ground. <laughs> Chris? Same here. I'm just telling everybody right behind him to, to Bryce. Moving through there. And Creve. How close are we to impact? Like on our way down, did we see how kind of close we were to impact? You think you've got 12 seconds, two rounds. Two rounds, okay. Can I see uh, Thera where I am? You do not see him from where you are. Okay. Roll me perception. Okay. He's glimmered. <laughs> 15. You're pretty sure you closed the door to your room and it looks cracked open. Okay. Can I get to the room in one... Yes. In one bound from here. Okay, I'm going to move in there. As soon as you step into the room, you see Thero. As he looks at you, he's shoving the package back into his pack, latching everything back up. It's still safe. What happened? Well, you better hold on to something right now that's not a box. Something a little more solid. (laughs) He sits down, puts his hands underneath the bench, and pulls tight. Grab a hold of something. That's it. Likewise. Yeah, I grabbed something sturdy. Most of the nobles got the message... Most of the people in the casino are already aware of what happened. And boom, there is a loud crash. People are thrown about. People are screaming and crying. And you're not sure that you would know what the sensation of a ship suddenly dragging along the ground would be. But this is what's happening. When everything is said and done, everything is tilted on the left side of the ship. And we have officially crashed an airship. Yeah! Yay! Never flying again. 
And... <laughs> this is my third day away from home, and look what happened. <laughs> this is why your parents told you not to leave. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> All right, and no one important died. Okay, so. Yay, thank God! <laughs> Yay. I was so worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink. Uh. <laughs> Your flask is empty, isn't it? It is. No. Thanks, Tracules. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they have gotten all the nobles off of the airship. They've gotten everybody out of the ship. Members of House Galandra are going around, tending to wounds. The bartender goes over to you, Reese, and passes you half-full bottle of whiskey that he managed to sneak away from the casino. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be needing that. I'll be setting up a an open bar here in just a little bit. I pass it over to Tracules in a show of good gesture and faith. And I finish it. <laughs> I sense a pattern. <laughs> Trying to move any damaged furniture out so people can sit down. And the captain and Jorik are off to the side with a map. They've taken one of the tables from the dining room and they're looking at it. We've got people trying to get used to their current situation. They are very unhappy, and they are whining about it like little babies, the way royals do. Hey. So, Reese, your first act. I don't know really what to do in this situation. I guess I will just try to help organize the flow of chaos and people, try to calm some people down, take a deep breath, everybody, follow this way, you know, just try to help organize the situation best I can. Along with the medical staff, you have the presence of someone who has definitely been here before, and while some of the nobles are not happy about it, you have enough of authority that they are like, okay, all right, no, that, that's, that's a good idea, okay. Everybody's feeling well, go over here. If anybody has any injuries, please go see the medical team, things of that nature. Trey. Yep. What do you do in this terrible situation? Uh, I like to start playing the same song the violinist played in the Titanic. <laughs> I'd like to entertain the people. It is officially not My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> Thank you. Roll me a perform check. That's going to be well enough. Your tones are able to keep people calm. They feel a bit more at home hearing that music. Hell yeah. Chris. The damage doesn't look too bad. As long as the foundations are still strong, we can possibly rebuild this. And as I watch things fall apart, it's... now those foundations are gone. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I'll just uh, help pick up as many tables as I can off people and uh, move some of the harder to move things so people can get out of here. And Diana. I go over to the captain who's looking at the map. I say, are we very far from civilization? Should me and a few people go as a scouting party to try and get help? We're looking at what we can do right now to get the ship back in the air. It may be difficult, but not impossible from our position. Luckily, some of the nobles are from House Caneth, and he turns and points, and you see three of the nobles from earlier, including uh, Harith de Caneth, who was the host from the docks and the voice of the ship. They climb off the ship wearing not their stuffy fineries, but dirtied and soiled coveralls with various wands, gizmos, and devices hanging from work belts, and they look happy as pigs in the mud as they run to go survey the damage. Nice. So we're going to see what they can do, but it looks like our best bet is due west and a little south we've got sigil star the crossroads of thrain and if we can't get the ship back in the air that's where we're gonna head to get everybody to safety would you like us to forge ahead and maybe let sigil star know 
perhaps. We're going to see what resources we still have right now and see what we can do about that. But that may be one of the best bets. Keep that in mind. We may need you to head that way. Excellent. Other than that, there's the couple of trading villages and the stubborn shield maiden to the east. But while those monks make some fine ale and some interesting spirits, they're not too keen on outsiders. Reckon Mark doesn't seem so bad right now. Uh. <laughs> I'm very glad that we went south enough that we're nowhere near Shatakar. Uh. He visibly shudders. Oh. There's a there's a town to the north. If you get all the way through the forest, yeah, it still houses the 7,000 corpses who were murdered some three or four decades ago. It was set ablaze by Syrian and Karnath forces. Legend has it, not all of them saw fit to stay dead. Wow. So. My eyes are wide like a little kid listening to a ghost story, like completely in action. I clearly get very uncomfortable with that story. <laughs> Creeves next. Let's see, am I just around everybody else in our core group pretty much at this point mm -hmm. okay where is thero at this point thero is trying to assist with moving the furniture not wanting to let everybody be on their own so go grab Chris here since he's surveying and watching the damage and i was gonna go over to him and say did you happen with that hearing that you have happen to hear any uh anything specific coming from Mine and Thero's room when we were about to be questioned by the authorities when they were when they were still looking for the spy. Did I? I know that we played that you did, but technically we never actually rolled any checks, so you didn't hear any of the conversation. No idea, mate. Okay, because something I might just need some backup here because he gets a little squirrely every time someone asks him about things, so might need your help. As you prepare to go have your safety meeting, two of the halflings in torn surcoats drag out another halfling hands tied behind his back who is screaming you can't prove shit i didn't do nothing fuck off let me go uh oh and they're dragging him from around the back of the ship busted immediately take him towards the captain in jorik and throw him to the ground i think we found our saboteur as he hits the ground you see on his right shoulder the dragon mark of hospitality and then on his other shoulder reese you recognize one of the tattoos of the blood of Vol and the Emerald Claw. Uh-oh. That's not looking good. And the captain looks to Jorik of, well, we found the traitor who announced our position, and I'm going to assume you had something to do with that ring, didn't you? Fuck off. <laughs> so, Reese, you're up. I see uh, I see the sort of movement uh, with the body language and everything of, of these guys going over to kind of kind of investigate what's going on with Thero, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of join them on that, go back here with the boys and see what they're, they're going over here to talk about. <clears throat> okay. Trey. Uh, I'm going to follow him. I want to know why the fuck that little pussy ran. <laughs> Chris. No, I'll follow him too. All right. So everyone, oh so y'all are still going towards Thero. Where is Thero in comparison to this halfling? Thero is over here by the ship, helping move some stuff. The captain is... Yes, that's what he looks like. Give me a token. Uh, what a surly fella. Yeah, he knows his way around boats. I like that he's the Japanese dating oh game version of Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so Harith is back over there. She's working with her team on the ring. Jorik is over here. And the captain. So they're over here looking at the map. The other two halflings have just drugged the alleged saboteur over to them. Thero is up by the ship. The saboteur is over there with the captain and Jorik, who were looking at the map. Okay. I think I'm going to head toward Thero as I originally planned here. As we're walking as a group, I mutter in draconic, yes, that's what I'm going to do. 
Then when we get right near Pharaoh, I say, uh, Pharaoh, could you help me find some stationery? I'm gonna use Fey Presence. Ho ho ho! The tempers may be rising, but that hammer is about to fall. If you're enjoying what you hear, make sure to give us a like on Facebook, share this podcast to your friends, and follow us as we begin growing our website over at sagasandshenanigans.com. Wait, website? Is this some drow shit? No? Alright, whatever. There we will also keep you up to date with the happenings of our wonderful cast and crew as they begin new adventures in podcasting. And now we return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Oh boy, we're in for a treat, Bingy. <laughs> Once the battle was over, to just get him out of the way for plot purposes, I had Thero run down and go check to make sure that the package was still safe. In my head, I was doing the exact same thing as the session that Trey wasn't here for. Okay, he goes and plays music for the rest of the night, because that's what he would do. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, Thero goes to check on his package, because that's what he would do. And everybody's like, oh, that was shady. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thero. Yes. Um, Creve, Tracules, Reese, and Crease are approaching you. Everyone but Trey is trying to look very nonchalant about it. Creve, as he approaches, asks you I need you to help me find the uh, stationery uh, that we had in our room. You feel that he has put some sort of charm on you but your elven blood gave you advantage against it and you were able to resist it so you know he was trying to get you on his side but it didn't quite work i decided to be honest and say you're gonna have to just help us out here a little bit i've almost been killed four times today already and it's just now midday so we're going to need to ask some questions about what might be going on in that box of yours that seems like everybody might be after. Well, Thero, you have six seconds. Go. <laughs> Fair enough. Everybody can gather around and I can start explaining stuff. He's consenting to a search. The man has a point. I'm the kind of person that get the job done no matter what, but at the same time, I don't want to risk the lives of others around me. So I think it's fair going to say they can see the package, but but I still will not open the package. Darrow pulls the package out. He turns it over so everyone can see it. And at that moment, I am so angry. I go up to the halfling and I smack him across the face. And I say, this ship was the best ship in the air. Why on earth did you crash it? And I smack him again. Damn. Uh, I, I just we were we, we were told that we had to take out the citadel the, the silver flame had to be punished are you kidding me you got lives in danger over a religious war you put innocence at stake isn't your religion all about the blood and the blood of the people and the blood is the magic how could you spill something like that you're you're, you're right i got too caught up in the fanaticism of it uh, there's no there's no apologizing for what i've done but do it do with me what you will Get him out of my sight. I want nothing more to do with this. And I walk off and I start to help any wounded or anything that needs some medical attention to keep my hands busy. I'm so angry. Everybody hears that exchange. Yeah, I walk up uh, to Thero and I push him down and I start screaming at him for fucking running away from us and not helping nobody. 
I try oh. to calm him down and I realize, look, emotions are high right now. You don't understand. I push him back down. Give me an answer now. What's in the box? <laughs> I can't tell you that. All right, everybody calm down. Calm down. I try to separate the two of them. You over, come on, chill out. I don't even think he knows what's in the box. Do you know what's in the box? I don't know. <laughs> what's in the box? You guys, you guys seen that book? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, anyway. <laughs> Come on, big guy. Come on up here. What's in the box, bro? He doesn't know what's in the box. He doesn't know. We just crashed. Let's let's try to get our heads around that. The biggest ship in the world just went down with us on it. Strange sound starts coming from behind Trachiles. It sounds like his ocarina begins playing itself with two low notes. And about that time, Diana's amulet begins shaking. Chris's bow seems like somebody's trying to draw it, not trying to draw and release, but just tugging on the strings as the, the bones start to, to flex behind him. Thero, one of his swords, begins shaking in its scabbard. Creve, your left arm hurts a bit. Reese's coin, rather than, than shaking, it looks like it's trying to sway side to side. I go towards the group and I'm like, guys, this is strange. Has anybody else noticed something strange happening around them right now? Like Anybody else figuring this out? I know this, can't, this can't be a coincidence. This cannot be a coincidence. Are you farting in your ocarina? Where are my ears? But my necklace is vibrating. Yeah, hold on. I forgot to put it on vibrate mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets two notes and then it starts just kind of shaking and <laughs> hollow rattle. Thero, I'm just as baffled as anybody else is right now. I don't know why the hell my sword is just shaking, looking at me as, as if I know and I don't. I'm just All doing I'm... my job, man. Doing. All I know is that I don't know nothing. All I know is that I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Diana. Do I perceive Reese's coin doing a spin? You notice that where yours is trying to rattle back and forth, yeah. his is swaying like an offbeat pendulum. Okay, so I look around and notice weird stuff's going on. I'm going to go, hey, should we put them all together maybe? I think they're trying to tell us something. Trey. I guess. Here's mine. Let's all touch them together, boys. <laughs> Reese. Fair enough. I take the coin from around my neck and I hold it out and just let it hang by a chain freely. As you dangle it, it's trying to sway in the northern direction towards the forest. It swings out, comes back like it's going to do a full pendulum swing, stops, and then swings back like something's pulling it towards the forest. Mine seems to want to go north. I don't know. I'll hold it up for everyone to see. That's not good. I think scary stuff is in the north. I think the captain told me about it. Well, this coin has never let me down. I think we should go north. Captain had mentioned that in the Burntwood itself, there are some old Dakani temples that might have treasures or various magical items that could cause a disturbance. And if he didn't, well, now he did. Oh, then in that case, I grab Chris and I go, Chris, 
This is a call to adventure. We should join. I can clearly see the directions on there because I know which way's north. Uh, you're right. That's kind of my thing. I do think that if we go north, uh, we'll find something because my doohickey's doing it too. Woohoo! Creve. Yeah, I can feel in my arm. It seems like any time you move it toward the wood, I can feel a lot more of a pull. Always has to be in the woods. Every time. <laughs> Into the woods. I think we should rest up a little bit before we go a-questing. I do believe that. Thero. Obviously, I want to know what is up my sword. As I'm holding on to it like the dagger sword from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> looking at it, and I wish that thing could talk to me right now. And why is it giving me this vibration? If memory serves me correctly, I believe my destination is around that same area as well. No. No. <laughs> y'all no? were y'all were going to Sharn. This would definitely be a day or so's travel north into the woods. Now you have a ranger in your party, so you could get through it a bit quicker than normal. But mm -hmm. you're effectively going back towards Flame Keep where the the Citadel was. This all stems from something, and I feel it is partially my responsibility at this point to be able to be a part of this so yes i but i agree that we need to rest we have been through a hell of a journey so far you all agree to rest for the night here um the halflings and some other people were helping get the beds and what they could use as bedding out at this point if you tried to sleep inside the ship you'd be at kind of a 45 degree angle so they've moved the beds out so that people can rest for the night that's good for acid reflux. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, <laughs> the captain, he overhears of your decision to go north to thank you for not letting the ship be completely destroyed. We've put together a little bit of a care package. Two days worth of rations for everybody, as well as the three other healing potions from his personal stash. We have enough for everyone to be carrying one at least, right? There's five potions, six players. I ain't got nowhere to put it in these tidy waddies, dude, so I'm no. good. It'll okay. be fine. I don't plan on getting hit anyway. Got you a fanny pack, big guy. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but uh, no, y'all got it. You're, we're good. If I need one, I think, you know, we can share down the road. My fanny pack, then. <laughs> in the future, probably, like, ask one nicely. Well, no, Dre's denying it. You get one now. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> Everyone rests for the night. Good night, y'all. Good night. Good night, John boy. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Good night, Moon. Good night, crashed ship. Aww. Good night, Goliath. Go Good night. <laughs> and then the morning. The smell of bacon rises some of you as it looks like the Halflings of House Galanda have some makeshift griddles that they put together, start yeah, making up breakfast, and they're making various breakfast foods for all of the the nobles as they wake up. New day, so new initiatives. So, Reese, you were the first to wake up. Well, I tried to shake it off, and I'm going to grab myself some of that bacon that I smell in the air. Thero? Wake up, smell bacon, hungry, must eat. Chris? Man, 30 push-ups, then going down to get the bacon. Jump on my back, elf. Grief. <laughs> oh, it's a new day. Yes, it is. So, time uh, to get some breakfast. And... Yes, it is. 
head on over and load up for this. Gotta go into the damn woods again. Uh... Look on the bright side. You're amongst acquaintances this time instead of all of your inner demons. So that's true. Yes, <laughs> some of them still with me, but yeah, at least I've got a counterpoint now. Diana. After I get breakfast, start like getting all my stuff and then just pacing back and forth at the edge of the forest, waiting on everybody, just pacing. I'm ready to go. While you are by the edge of the forest, Uh-oh. you hear a faint voice ring out to you. Yes, I'm happy that you're you're close by. Soon everything will make sense. Thank you so much. You're doing You're doing the right thing. I try to control the excited squeal that comes out. It's like, <laughs> so that nobody else knows. And I just go, I just go, I'm so happy. See you soon. Tracules. I pretend to be asleep and wait for everybody to leave the room. And then I start snooping for that old package. <laughs> There's not really a room in this situation. Everybody was outside. Damn I do. It. Yeah. Well, I snoop for a while, and then I'm hungry, and I want some McGriddles. So we go down to get some breakfast. So everybody has eaten. Diana is eagerly awaiting. Before we begin Into the Woods, does anyone else have anything they want to take care of? There weren't any pieces of Warforged lying around, like, in the rubble anywhere that I could add to my kit of samples and stuff. Roll perception. 16. Towards the bow of the ship. It seems like some of the healers of House Galanda have started digging graves for those who died upon the ship and are burying the bodies although the Warforged are just piled up towards the keel, I believe is the the term. They're piled off to the side. They're not getting a proper burial. Look, there's a couple of knickknacks and things that I can definitely, I can't obviously carry one with me the whole way so I just gotta grab a couple of gears and sprockets and this is probably one of the first times you've been right up close to a warforged you've heard about them before and obviously you saw them in action when you get up close do you expect to find gears and mechanical things the same way that you would with a golem or a automaton or something made by an artificer but when you start looking no rather than muscle it's this dark brown wood where normal anatomy would be and there's no gears there's no levers or pulleys or strings it is just wood with metal attached to it you learn something new every day so what do you want to take can i cut a hand off do you have an actual weapon i have a dagger as you cut into it similar to if you cut into a maple tree there's a sap that sort of seeps out hardens almost instantly but doesn't hinder your cutting you now have a Warforged hand in your inventory. Okay. All right. Take some of that sap, too, and put it in one of my little sample bottles and <laughs> keep that for safekeeping as well. And it's like, okay, let's go. Let's go, guys. I'd like to walk over to the area where the burials are taking place. And, you know, I've been told by people that my abilities might come from Olga, and I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the gods are real or not, but I take a gold from my pocket, flip it into the burial pit where people are being buried and a show of reverence uh, to you if older maybe she exists maybe she doesn't but I want to pay respects to the fallen here you press F to pay respects <laughs> eh, I, I throw my food down because I just watched the dragon cut off that weird thing's hand and... 
one of the things that unnerves you a little bit, Chris, as you're watching that, you look over and see the halflings making the graves stop for a moment, look at the dragon, shrug, and then go back to what they're doing. So as you all approach the burnt wood, the forest is a strange sight. The first mile or so is made up of torn up terrain. The signs of mortal interference clear in the pitted earth where trees once sat rooted for generations, now empty as they were pulled out for war machines and various lumber needs. But soon the stumps and holes fade into the forest proper. Birds and smaller fauna running from the approaching party of adventurers. The first thing that y'all come across as you enter into the woods, hearing all of the birds and animals chittering and chirping around you, is there are three paths that seem used-ish. Everybody roll perception. 13. I have 14. 11. Was, I was 13. 11. Two. Two. Eight. Eight. I don't even like the woods. <laughs> <laughs> to most of you, the only thing that is clear is that one of the paths definitely seems more well-walked. Thero, you notice that two of the paths have bipedal tracks that are relatively fresh mm, okay there is one path looks like it has not been used in a very long time and two paths that look like they've had bipedal creatures walking along them and it's fresh relatively relatively fresh so let's get some opinions starting with reese flip a coin <laughs> but there's three hmm, fine i take out a deck of cards is this the card you saw and i just drop the cards damn it i don't know someone else pick thero Maybe we should try to see if all our weapons are still vibrating. It seems like once you made the decision to go into the woods, they seem to calm down a bit. The gems in your weapons are currently not giving any sort of clues right now. And I would say we would go based on the pathway that's going to get the least amount of people hurt and or killed. That's a good point. Chris, what do you want to uh, weigh in on that? So... Uh, the middle path that's most worn down, is that the one that has humanoid tracks, or is it the one to the left or the right? Uh, we're going to say left looks like it's been unused for a long time. Center and right are recently used and have humanoid tracks. Reese, you got that coin? Uh, I pull a gold out of my pocket. Head's in the middle, tail's on the right. You seem to be an outdoorsy type, uh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> you are flipping a regular gold? Uh, yeah, you know, we've got the one uh, on the chain around my neck, so that, that kind of complicates flipping that one. Okay, fair enough. Maybe I can, like, rig a dodo where I can pull it off, but for now we'll just use a gold. You flip the gold, it comes up heads. It's like center. Let's go. As you approach just a little bit further, you see a point where some trails start to converge again, and you're met with a similar sight. Not like a, you just looped back and you're seeing the exact same three paths, Roll another perception check, everybody. So 19. 18. 12. Reese sees some really pretty birds off to the side, and he's... Oh, birds. Oh. 16. 7. Right. We'll go with Chris as the, the one to spot it. Down the path that looks like it was carved ages ago, you see a deer. You see it as you're entering the clearing, and then as you step through, Reese steps on a small branch. Ah! The deer looks up and takes off down the path. It makes it about four or five gallops before a huge shape juts out from what you thought was a hill, skewering the deer with massive sword-like claws, then taking yeah. a large bite out of the deer's jugular to finish the job. 
Damn! Jesus. Slowly, the massive sloth drags the body backward from the trail and then settles back into the nest of dirt and mud, almost resembling a hill again, apart from that haunting noise of teeth-rending flesh and sucking on bones that comes from the mass. Fucking nature. Not that way. <laughs> you first, big guy. <laughs> nature is indeed a motherfucker. <laughs> So now we know why that path is seldom walked. With those better perception checks, you notice that two trails that split out from this clearing, one of them has, they're definitely human footprints. The other one, they're bipedal, but their gait is all wrong for most humanoids that you know, Chris. Also, it seems like there are wolf tracks alongside of them. Maybe the wolf is injured i don't like that <laughs> i think we'll follow sandal fella does anyone object nope nope <laughs> oh i'm sorry lady diana did you want to fight a fucking wolf i i did not you know i this lovely walk is great let's do that <laughs> no singing to the birds we'll, we'll try that other route a few levels from now <laughs> you follow the path with the human footprints after a few hundred yards of walking, you come across, it's a crude shrine that sits in a burnt out clearing. There used to be trees and fauna in this area, but it now is burnt out. And the air around the shrine seems to shimmer and wave as though it's much hotter than the air around it. Several piles of animal bones and burnt offerings are near the shrine. And in the shrine is carved a very minimalistic looking face with a ruby set into its mouth. And the ruby glows a bright red. I scream, found it! <laughs> <laughs> don't grab it, don't grab it, don't grab it. Reese, you have religion. I do. Go ahead and roll that. Twelve. It looks like it's no god you've ever heard of, which means not a whole lot in this realm. But it definitely looks like there's something weird about this area, and so people have built a shrine to whatever is there. Does it appear to have been visited frequently? Are there any signs of that? Some of the burnt offerings do smell fresh, mm. as if maybe within the past day or two. Mm. Well, this is clearly some kind of shrine. I, I wouldn't mess with it. I wouldn't touch this. That, that could only bring bad omens. I don't know what the fuck it's for. But somebody, somebody does, and uh, let's not piss anybody off while we're here if we can avoid it. Does anyone have Arcana? Creve, go ahead and roll that. Eight. I have history, if that helps. Diana, roll history. Everyone else, roll straight intelligence. Twelve on history. Fifteen. Nine. Eighteen. Thirteen. Thero and <laughs> <laughs> Diana, you have heard of things similar to this, where weird phenomena happen across the land and people start to worship it as a god or as a divine omen. Thero, you are a little more familiar with this phenomena. This is what's known as a manifest zone. Trey, you, you had something similar near your homeland. They didn't quite know what it was. But one tribe actually built their entire campsite around one because, well, it kept everybody warm. So Thero and Trachilles, judging from the fire damage that is done there, you recognize this is a manifest zone. Uh, it is tied to Fernia, the Sea of Fire. 
this is a place on Eberron where the veil between that plane and this one is a little lighter, easier. Word. Dragulia's thoughts? Uh, I pull my ocarina out and I hold it up to the ruby and see if it does anything. Dracules takes out the ocarina, reaches it forward and touches it to the ruby. The ocarina is suddenly engulfed in flames. No. Oh, God well, damn it. <laughs> it's shocking for a moment and you make a constitution check. Dan. When you first see it, you freak out and drop it. But as the fire engulfs it and wraps around it, you notice that it, a small flame crackles off of it, but the weapon itself is not burning. Fuck yeah, dude. This is metal. <laughs> and congratulations, Trey. For the next 24 hours, your weapon deals a bonus D6 fire damage. Uh, dude, y'all gotta try this shit, bro. However, I'm gonna be kissed right now. as soon as that happens, the ruby stops glowing. Uh, can that fire also keep us warm and other, like other shit besides fighting? The weapon is glowing the same way a torch would. Okay, so I've got some light in case we're in a cave. Yep. Word. From that shrine, there seems to be two well-worn paths away from it. One seems like it hasn't been used in a very long time, and one seems like it's been walked by weird-ass creatures. Mm. I guess that's why they call this the burning wood, or the burnt wood, I'm sorry. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's not why they call it that, but don't ask. <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to try to see if I can uh, suss out what those tracks are. Roll intelligence. 18. They look goblinoid. Larger than goblins, so probably hobgoblins. They're matched by the wolf tracks. Something is wrong about the gate. You know, uh, I, I changed my mind. You know, our stuff's not freaking out anymore. We, we probably missed whatever's going on. Let, let's just go back. We should just go back. I think they're setting up a bar at the crash shot. You know, it's... Uh... Calm down, calm down. It's gonna be all right. We're already here. We just found the big ruby. Now, Trey and Creve, roll yeah. intelligence. Eleven. Seven. So Trey. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna assume, Chris, you think out loud, or did you want to keep this to yourself? What? Which part? No, I, I, I'm totally saying it as I'm looking at it. Hobgoblins that walk weird. That sounds very familiar to those things that you were hired to fight in the caves. Word. Can we follow those? Because I don't like those guys, and I wanted all of them, not just some of them. <laughs> the term that you remember is Dolgaunt. Dolgaunt. Yeah. They ain't much, bro. I, I whooped a whole village for doing some shady shit. I say we follow them. Creve, at hearing the term Dolgaunt, you recall those weird little aberrations that you dealt with during your time in the Moorholds. Learned a lot of things about myself, so if big guy over here feels confident in it, and I'm willing to give it a shot, it's not going to be fun, but we can give it a go. I am definitely on board because I figure if that ruby's fire, then another ruby has to be water, and then uh, fire, water, air, heart. And earth. So earth. Earth, fire, water, heart. Yes. By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet is a hero. All right, so we have three for that path. Reese wants to go home. Pharaoh. <laughs> want to know what the mystery is and everything and i'm willing to help out as much as i can so as of right now i'm just kind of like undecided thero abstains 
Chris. Well, it looks like everybody wants to go that way, so uh, we walk from here. Reese, do you want to make another pitch, or do you accept being outvoted? Well, I'm not going back by myself. Let's just hurry up and get this over with. So as you're approaching this cleared walking path through the forest, there are four wolves that are seen mulling about a break in the hillside nearby. It's very obvious that these wolves don't walk correctly. They don't seem injured, but their movements are jerky and uncertain, as though they're not really used to their legs or paws. They walk in more of a sentry's path rather than actually hunting or looking for anything. As of yet, they don't see you. Those things mulling Okay, I try to keep quiet. Is there a way I can tell what these things are yet? From here, they look like wolves. It's just a little wolf. You know, just not a big deal. Let's go ahead and roll initiative, and until they notice you, y'all will have that advantage. Sarah, you are first to move. Part right around these trees here. Get a good vantage point here. At least stay in the background, but I'll provide some arrow action if need be. Go ahead and roll stealth. 18. You successfully sneak over there. Reese. I'm going to give Trachelis guidance. Creve. Is there any way that I'm able to tell like what's wrong with them? Because you, you mentioned they look like wolves, but they're moving different. Roll perception. Oh my god. Seven. Not really. Something about them seems a little off. Even though they're full-grown wolves, they're moving like pups. I just got legs! That makes them sound cute. I think for right now, I'm just going to stay right here as to not rouse any suspicion from these creatures. Chris. Yeah, I'm going to move in uh, right there next to Thero, just to have kind of the high ground. Master of the low ground. Wise decision. Roll me stealth. Oh, yeah, that's a 20. Okay. Oh, shit. Got a bunch of sneaky motherfuckers up in here. Yeah, I'm holding here. I to do that thing where I put my hand over Thero's mouth and I'm like, shh, shh. shh. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You give away our position one more time. I'll bleed you real quick. <laughs> Diana. As Chris leaves, hey, are we going? Are we going? He's going. In that case, I am going to follow because <laughs> I could totally take these. These are just wolves. It's totally fine. I'm on this. Clink, 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 clink. Roll stealth. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> we had this whole thing going. <laughs> and you wonder why I didn't move. My character is excited. She She's ready to go. Hey, Chris. Most of the trek over there, you're keeping low, you're keeping quiet. Right as you get behind them, you trip. Go down to one knee and then get back up real quick. The three that are in front gonna look up, look around, oh, but don't see anything. <sighs> Meanwhile, the one that's off to the side there starts sniffing the air and growling low. That growl sounds wrong, like someone trying to pretend to be a wolf growling. Goodness. Tracules. <laughs> yes. You're up. I look at them and I say, can I pet that dog? <laughs> and then I go to pet that dog. <laughs> I run uh, towards the wolf and I want pets. 
If you double move, you can get to clearing up there. No, I'm going for that dog. As Tracheles gets up to where he's standing now, the three wolves snap their heads and lock right in his direction. And their mouths open as they start to howl in that very unnatural way. And then as their mouths open and their their tongues kind of lull forward, it then splits along the snout and opens up in a sort of a sideways fashion. Okay, no thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to die like this, you idiot. <laughs> They're not oh, he's making faces. <laughs> oh, God. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Sagas and Shenanigans as much as we enjoyed making it for you in these dark times. You can find us at sagasandshenanigans.com, facebook.com slash sagasandshenanigans, as well as other social media sites to be determined. The adventurers are Angela Shibley as the paladin Lady Diana de Lirindar, Michael Shibley as the warlock Algernop Creve. Cody C.K. Kitts as the Ranger, Chris Ashtar. Anthony Bingy Bingaman as the Rogue, Thero de Fairlon. Michael Doherty as the Cleric, Reese Royce. And Trey Pack as the Barbarian, Tracules. Edited and mixed by Boston McCown, recorded and published through Corporation Zero Studios. Theme song is The Gunfight by Everett Allman, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. You can learn more about that song and Everett Allman in the links in the show notes. Also, more about Creative Commons licenses at creativecommons.org. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Boston McCown, reminding you, the story stops, but never ends. Previously on Dragon Ball Z, um, <laughs> the signs of mortal inter- inter- <laughs> I'm a good talk man. <laughs>